where we get to sit and catch up with somebody, you know, kind of like we're just sitting on the wall together, catching up on the news and seeing what's going on. And I have got a 2021 graduate here today who has some very nifty news that we're going to talk about. Um, and we're going to actually start there. Avery Smith, Emory Human Class of 2021. How are you doing? I'm doing quite well. How are you doing, Monica? I'm doing great, too. Thanks thanks for asking. We're going to start with your good news, and then we're going to back up and let people get to know you a little bit. But let's start with the good news, because that has, is kind of what has prompted all this. Tell us what really cool opportunity you have just been given and what you're going to be doing here in the next few weeks. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, so I have auditioned for and been selected to participate in the Dolores Ajic Institute for Young Dramatic Voices, which is kind of an opera career development program for young um, dramatic voices, kind of as the name suggests and such. Um, and it's really, uh, it kind of covers the whole world. So people get selected from all over the world to participate in it. There's people coming in from Australia, New Zealand, uh, Scotland, places like that uh, to participate in it. Um, so it's really great to be a part of it. And it's kind of the most state-of-the-art program of its type, I would say. And how many people from around the world got chosen for this, for this honor? Uh, if I recall off the top of my head, around 40 people in the world. In the world. Yes. So Scotland, Ireland, all over the world. And oh, by the way, Cleghorn Valley. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. So that, that, is, that is amazing to me. And we're all sort of giddy about this. What will you get to do while you're there? Because frankly, when you tell me that you're going to someplace for dramatic voices, that could be like any teenager on you know a given day. That's not what you mean, though, right? It's not that kind of drama. <laughs> Not quite, not quite. I never was into that kind of drama so much. Um, but uh, what we get to do is it's kind of a holistic, comprehensive program that covers everything someone needs to get a good footing in the career in the business. So there's vocal training. So we have voice lessons. We have coaching where we kind of break down roles more and get into kind of the nitty gritty of the languages and such. We get diction training on uh, German, Italian, uh, more in English. Um, you'd be surprised how hard it is to sing in English, even as a native speaker, all the little isms and such, bet, yeah, but uh, things like that. Um, there's actor training too. So they want to cover all of uh, these aspects. And then we do kind of a final performance with the Reno Nevada uh, Philharmonic Orchestra at the end of the whole thing. Holy cow, that's not, that's not small potatoes either. No. How long is the program? Uh, the program lasts um, pretty much a good portion of the month of July. So I, I'll uh, be getting there July 10th and then leaving on uh, August 1st. And, yeah. and I know, is it in Reno? Where did you say it was? It is in Reno, Nevada. Uh, it is reason, in Reno. Yeah. The reason for that is the uh, person kind of in charge of the Institute, the general director, uh, Dolores, uh, Dolores Ajic, is based in Reno right now. That's where she lives and such. And a lot of the other people um, or a few of the other people are also based in Nevada right now. So well, that's where. Me, uh, tell us about her. Who is this? Who is this woman? Yeah. Um, Dolores Ajic is uh, 
an absolutely phenomenal opera singer. She is a dramatic mezzo-soprano, um, arguably one of the greatest mezzo-sopranos of all time and definitely one of the greatest Verdi mezzo-sopranos of all time. So she specializes in the um, operatic works of Giuseppe Verdi, uh, which is really, really tough. And he wrote a lot of uh, roles for mezzo-sopranos and such. So she's uh, sang all over the world at places like La Scala in Milan, kind of the greatest opera house in Italy. She's sang at the Met so many times um, and has had a career that spanned uh, several decades. She sung with Pavarotti. Um, there's actually clips of her singing with him where like you can barely hear him. Her voice is so powerful. So she's absolutely amazing. I, I feel the need to ask questions that will allow you to answer with Pavarotti's name again, because you say it so much more prettily than I do. So I'm just going to make up some questions now where the answer is, <laughs> I don't even know enough to ask a question where that's the answer, but I just want you to say it again. Um, we'll just find an excuse for you to roll it out here again in just a minute. Gotcha. So you, so this is your plan then. This is your goal. You want to be a professional opera singer. Absolutely. That is, that's the dream. That's the goal. And uh, with this institute and such happening, um, the way it's structured, a lot of people there already are established in the opera field, like the participants and such. Um, and then the names that uh, you get to kind of put on your resume, as well as all the connections you make and the skills they develop it is pretty much a foot in the door as far as that kind of thing goes. So, and I'm betting yeah. that that's like any other industry is that the figuring out who, you know, and how to, how to leverage that is pretty huge. Yes, very much so. Very much so. There's um, a lot has to do with talent, but also a lot is uh, who, you know, just sheer luck, things like that. So uh, this will both develop skills and such as well as uh, get me knowing a lot of people. Tell me, tell me, what do you know about the other people who have been selected for the program? Uh, not too much. Um, just uh, like I said, um, I know where some of them are from, because like when you see like a, a list of people like in the emails and such, you kind of look them up to see like, oh, who am I singing with? Who am I going to get to know at this kind of thing? But they're all uh, very top notch, young, dramatic singers and such. I'm really excited to uh, get to work with them. I can't imagine what I can't imagine what that place is going to sound like where I mean where where do you actually what what building do you get to do this yeah. event in this school in um we will pretty much be in um the University of Nevada Reno's uh campus is equivalent to Byers Hall so they like their musical practice building for a while and then our final performance will be in uh, their concert called uh, I believe it's Nightingale Hall um, with the orchestra and such so uh, it's going to be um, pretty deafening in that building <laughs> when you collect like <laughs> yeah, no really big young voices and have them like kind of go at it in there. Yeah. That is going to be so exciting I just it's so cool that you've been chosen to get to do this and we're all really excited for you. Um, let's do the thing that I said we were going to do and give people a little more background about you. You finished at Emory and Kimmy in 2021. What was your major? I, uh, I was a double major in, uh, music and theater. And you performed in some pretty cool, um, uh, I start to say publications, some pretty cool, um, productions, um, while you were a student. Tell us a little bit about what you got to do while you were here. Yeah, absolutely. So the Emory and Henry theater department, um, is honestly just kind of miraculously excellent. Uh, just being at a small liberal arts school, uh, Dr. Kelly Bremner, who's the chair of the department, likes to say it's um, 
a kind of conservatory style education deeply rooted in that small liberal arts uh, school. And I think it balances that really well. So what we got to do is um, we got to put on all these kind of different productions. My very first semester here, not even my first year, but my first semester here, I was cast in a leading role in Cabaret as Herr Schultz. Um, and that was just a blast. And that uh, kind of helped uh, push me towards like really wanting to get into the kind of dramatic onstage thing. I'm still very much interested in musical theater. Opera's the main thing, but there are, uh, there are certain musical theater roles that are uh, fit well for opera singers and such if, if they uh, know how to kind of adjust certain things and kind of get well, into I, that aspect. I want, I want you to know that um, I had never seen Cabaret until you were in it, as a matter of fact, and I thought it was <laughs> wonderful. And so I've, I've been, I felt kind of silly that I had never seen it before because it was, you all did such a terrific job. Tell us why opera, when and where did that get to be a thing for you that you were like, by Jove, I think I wish to go into opera. I don't want to just sing Cabaret, I want to be opera. Uh, that, um, that all kind of lines up with my voice teacher. So I, I'd heard little opera, uh, opera stories like here and there and like seen little clips from opera. I was like, wow, that's, that's pretty cool. But I, no way I'd, I'd never like, I don't think I could do that with my voice. Um, but I met up with my, uh, voice teacher, Mark Davis. Um, I met him at a, uh, clinic actually my junior year of high school uh, that he was doing in Marion, Virginia, kind of the all-county choir event. And um, people who know me know that I'm not a superly outward or super outwardly emotional person, but uh, when we were performing, I was just bawling because something about the way we were doing um, woke something up in me. So I went up to him after, uh, after that performance. I said, this this is what I want to do with the rest of my life. So um, I've been studying with him for over six years now and um, continuing to do that. He really got me into opera. So now I listen to various opera singers like religiously and such. I like to uh, sit down and watch full operas sometimes whenever I get the chance. It t takes a nice chunk of the day, but um, I like to do that. And it's a, it's a blast and um, I have a nice aptitude for it. So uh, it, it's kind of, it falls into the category of uh, somehow I'm good at it. So that's, that's what I like. That's well, and I love that you actually cried singing. Do you remember what piece you were singing that just touched you so? The Luck Can Benediction. Oh, of course. It, Heck, uh, I, yeah, I yeah, yeah. cried that, Which, but I can't sing like you can. But, I, but yeah, that's a, that's full of emotion for sure. <laughs> well, hell neat. Oh, that's so cool. Well, and so, so, so the rest is going to be history. I've got to say it sort of is history, but the rest is going to be history because you're, you're, you're making these plans and doing all the right things to take the next steps to do this. What would your, what would your dream situation be as a professional opera singer? Uh, my dream uh, situation as far as like professional singing and such would be um, just to get like established in the business, um, like super like big dream here, but it would be to uh, perform in leading roles at like the big opera houses in the world, places like the Met um, and uh, Chicago Lyric Opera and La Scala in Milan and uh, things like that. So that would, uh, that would be the ultimate goal and to just kind of be steadily doing that and doing the roles that I really, um, really love and uh, really kind of look forward to hopefully doing one day. Do you have a couple of roles in mind that you would especially like to play? 
Oh, absolutely. Um, one of them is Cavradossi, uh, who is the main tenor character in my favorite opera, Tosca, um, which takes place in Rome. Uh, so one of the things when we saw each other on the Rome trip, uh, one of the things I was looking at is uh, certain buildings there actually are like in the opera and such. And I think there's actually a picture of you and I in front of like the main set piece in the yeah. opera, like oh, the Castel de Sant'Angelo. Yeah, yeah, there is. Yep. I didn't know that had that kind of significance for you. I just thought it was amazing. We were both in Rome at the same time. Yep. So like, like it, that was amazing, but like also like a lot of significance because it's like my favorite opera walking on the streets where it like it's set. Yep. So that was, a, so just to, and I think people know this, but in 2019, we like to tell this story because it's so crazy. 2019, right before the world shut down, the Emory and Henry marching band uh, performed in Rome uh, on New Year's Day, it, at, you know, in, in, in St. Peter's Square. It was amazing. And some of alumni and friends were there to see the whole thing unfold. And so, yeah, it was really, really cool to have a chance to interact with students in that setting. And then we came home and the world changed. What was, yes. Yeah, what was yes, that like for you guys? I mean, you all you all had this great tour opportunity, but then came home and your college was different real quick. What was it like to finish up after all that? Uh, it was it was uh, really difficult um, and really kind of interesting uh, because, like like you said, it, we had that big grand Italy trip, and then not two months later or three months later, about. Um, was when uh, COVID hit and the pandemic hit. And I kind of surprised myself because I, um, I handled it better than I thought I would and probably better than uh, some people might have just because I'm an introvert and stuff. So the online learning thing didn't throw me off too bad, but all the same, like I need my fair share of people and such. So that was uh, really difficult, but um, we kept doing zoom sessions for classrooms and everything. And then uh, of course, uh, Theta Chi of which I'm a brother, um, we continued to have zoom meetings and we would get together like after we had done homework and stuff and like uh, play some online games over zoom and stuff. So uh, we had, uh, we kind of took advantage of that to still keep that kind of sense of very necessary community, even through the toughness of the pandemic and such. Even as an introvert, did you find that it was really important for you to have some community that did, did that? Were you surprised by your need to do that? Absolutely. And the pandemic really showed me that and uh, kind of joining Theta Chi and such uh, showed me that as well. But um, like I said, I'm an introvert. I like to kind of un, uh, kind of decharge myself and unwind um, in private and everything. But uh, that can only go so far. So like uh, it is great to kind of have that sense of community and such. Well, and as I recall, you're one of the many members of Theta Chi who said, I had absolutely no interest in joining a fraternity till I met these guys. And then it all yeah. changed for you. It, it, it's been a, it's been sweet to watch you all be friends because you certainly have been uh, good for each other and good for the community, I think. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So we have to back up. Well, first of all, let me quickly say, because we're getting to the middle of our thing here. Let me quickly say, remind everybody that we are, in fact, speaking with Avery Smith, Emory and Henry class of 2021, who is getting ready to take a, the next and very exciting step in a professional opera career. Um, and before you do all that and, and go off to be an opera singer, let's talk a little bit about, you know, something that we share, a love that we share. And that is, um, 
nature because you and I met each other when you were, how old were you when your, when your family took that class? Um, I was 14 when they took it, if I recall correctly. And then I took it at the age of 15. Wow. So yeah, that's, that's almost been a decade now, almost a decade. I've been knowing you kind of a long time. So, you know, I got to know you and your family with three Virginia Master Naturalists. And I know your heart and I know your mom and dad's heart. And it's really exciting to me to see someone who can, can love nature as much as you do and yet pursue music as a career. Because I think, you know, some people feel like it's all, it's all or nothing. You got to be all one thing or another. But I think I think you're sort of a great example of, of why we have liberal arts colleges, because you can be a little bit of everything. Absolutely. I'm a strong philosophical believer in the kind of the idea of like being as much of a renaissance man as possible. So I love to get out in nature. I love to dabble in as much as I can. I love to learn as much as I can about nature and such. Um, of course, like opera is the career, main career and everything. Uh, but my survival job out at Hungry Mother State Park is in interpretation. So I'm dealing with nature. I'm dealing with uh, history, things like that. And then on the side, I like to do other things like uh, I love to cook things like that. So I, I, I like to get into uh, as much different or as many different types of things as I possibly can. Tell, tell us about the work you're doing at Hungry Mother this summer. Actually, it's not just this uh, summer. It's been for a while now, hasn't it? Yes. Um, my uh, one year anniversary of like starting at Hungry Mother State Park was a few days ago. So I started May 10th of last year. Um, so now it's May 16th, I believe. So uh, yeah, I've uh, been there for over a year now. Um, and I've uh, kind of really gotten kind of settled in and uh, used to the whole thing of like doing what I do there. So what I do as an interpreter is kind of like the best job you can have if you're in a state park and such. Um, I get to, uh, I can lead things like a guided hikes, guided canoe tours, guided kayak tours. I'll get out there with uh, furs and skulls and teach people about the different kind of mammals we have in the area. Um, and then another thing that I uh, kind of volunteer myself for and get used for at the park is because I have like a big Shakespearean Stenorian, like operatic speaking voice and everything. Um, I kind of like to do the big event announcement thing. So like I announce at music in the park whenever the band uh, comes out and uh, stuff. So things like that, as well as I love to do the campfire. I, I never sing at the campfire. That's one of the weird things about me is I, I don't like just casually sing if somebody's like, Avery, sing something real quick. I'm like, no, nope. <laughs> that's, that's just not what I'm like and such. But um, I do uh, tell scary stories at a campfire, Taylor Poe especially, which I get from my mother, who is a professional storyteller for many years. That is right. You yeah. do come from not only a nature family, but from a dramatic family after all. I'd say she does oh, yeah. at the drop of a hat, given the opportunity. And your dad oh, too. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. More, so, more so mom. More so mom. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I'm, I'm envisioning that one day you will bring your, um, your operatic styles back to the park and do something outside and, you know, do a whole, you're going to write a whole opera about nature that's going to save the world. These, these are things I think about for you, Avery. You know, I'd love to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I'd absolutely love to do that. Yeah. That would be cool. You know, yeah. there are people listening right now who are going to say, ask him to sing. But you don't do that. I can't ask you to sing. Not even like a little quick line from Tosca. I'll, uh, um, I'll sing a uh, quick, quick line for you. However, fair warning, it will be loud. It'll like blow out the speaker systems and such. But um, and I don't know how it's going to sound over Zoom, but I'll give you a quick line real quick. <clears throat> 
Oh my God, you're right. Zoom couldn't handle all of that, but there was enough that it worked and it was beautiful. That now tell us what tell us what you just sang. Um, so what I'm singing is a uh, very, very typical thing for a tenor to uh, sing in opera. That's the end of the uh, aria, which kind of has become a calling card for me, uh, El Lucevan Le Stelle, which means the stars were shining. Um, it's at the end of the opera. The characters are, uh, or the character Mario Cavaradossi is on top of the Castel di Sant'Angelo in Rome. And uh, he is about to be, or at least he thinks he's about to be executed by a firing squad. So he's singing about uh, the love of his life, which is the titular character, Tosca. And uh, that final declamation is him kind of um, saying, is him kind of coming to terms with uh, his life being over. So like tanto my, uh, la vita means all my life. So like uh, he's uh, singing like he's never loved anyone more in all his life. You know, that's uh, that, that honestly is the part about opera that always kind of gets me tickled is that if you're dying, still singing, you know, if your tiny hand is frozen, still singing, doesn't matter what's going on, yep. you are still singing. Ah, nice Bohem reference. <laughs> Did you catch that? Yeah, thank you. Oh, thank yes, you very much. yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Same yeah. composer as Tosca, same composer. Puccini. Look, He's my look favorite. At, yep. Look at me acting like I know something and I don't. There so you there go. You go. <laughs> Avery Smith, we are so excited for this honor that you've got, and we cannot wait to see what happens next. And so you leave the beginning of July, is that right? Yes, yes. Beginning of July, you're out there. And, and I'm, I'm hearing rumors that perhaps your mom and dad are going to make a trip out west to, uh, to maybe hear the final production. We we will see. We will see about that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Different things going on. We'll see. Sp- speaking, of, speaking of which, um, I, I'm going to be in trouble if we don't do a quick... Um, a quick bit of family history. Your grandmother is also an Emory and Henry graduate, right? Yes, she is. Yes. Peg Phillips graduated. Oh gosh, I'm going to get, I think along about 1957, 56, 57. That sounds right. Yeah. 56, 57. Yeah. And was great, great friends with somebody that was a great, great person in my life growing up, Doris Jean Cochran Holt. And so they were buddies coming mm-hmm. along. So, so I want to make sure I get that in there because um, she's, she's, she, she probably gets a little of the credit for your talent as well. Absolutely. And uh, without Emory and Henry, I mean, I wouldn't exist because uh, my grandfather, uh, Arthur Phillips and, um, Gramu, as I call her, they met at Emory and Henry and got engaged at Emory and Henry. Uh, they, uh, the Aww. old uh, tradition, you can't, you definitely can't do this today, but uh, they threw him in the duck pond when he proposed to her. Of course, so, you know, that was a yeah. terrible tradition. I'm so glad that has gone by the wayside. I forgot that your grandfather went here too. That's right. Yes, yeah, they met here, met here, and uh, like I said, he proposed, uh, proposed here and everything. So they got engaged here too. Yep. Well, so kind of. Literally Emory born and Emory bred, <laughs> very much. So. Well, I was going to say, even though even though you meant that like in a literal sense, I'm just going to tell people that you know when so when they're introducing you at the Met, I'm going to remind everybody that you said that you just wouldn't be here without Emory and Henry. There you go. There you go. Yeah, put put it on all the advertising materials if if I make it. <laughs> We're going to have T-shirts made. Exactly. Exactly. Avery Smith, Emory in the class of 2021, and the pride of Plaguehorn Valley. We are so excited that you could be with us to talk to us today and we look forward to sharing your story and we look forward to hearing how your summer goes it's going to be exciting very good thank you so much for having me all right we'll see you in hungry mother
All right. I'll see you then. And I want to thank everybody for listening in today to Depth to the Duck Pond Wall. Stay tuned to WEHC because there's some great stuff coming up next. 90.7 WEHC, the voice of Southwest Virginia. Oh, did you hear the voice of Southwest Virginia? It sounded a lot like opera. Thank you.